Yo, y'all listen up. I got something to say. I'm going to speak the truth to you, but some of y'all, you took a shortcut, a convenience this summer. You was like, coach ain't here. The season's weeks away. I got time. Are you kidding me? As a college athlete, you got four, maybe five years to be great or be forgotten. So are you home taking it easy? Somebody else is out there in the heat just about killing itself to make their name great. But you got time. And Welcome to the Athletes Table. This is your host, the Lebanese Stallion, Nick Hanna. And I'm here with my co-host, Dylan Kraft. What's going on, my dog? What up? What to do? Dude, so some interesting stuff happened over the last four or five days with the NFL draft. It has, yeah. There was a lot of lot of big movers. I saw, what was it, a, a record breaker in the amount of trades that happened in this draft. And the amount uh, of QBs a, taken too. There's a lot of QBs. So there was yep. there's a lot to talk about. We got a lot yep. of breakdown. So we're gonna start it off with the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. We have Bryce Young going to there from Alabama. What is y'all's take on that? I'm gonna let you take the floor here, Aaron. Um, I'm happy that Bryce Young went there. Uh, the alternative would be if he went, you know, to the Texans at two, which and it's kind of a hit or miss with both because both teams, Panthers, sadly, and the Texans obviously have not a good offensive line. Yeah. So both of them are going to be running. But I think the Panthers definitely just throughout their picks did a very good job of trying to give Bryce a good team to build around. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll talk more about the Texans later. They made some <laughs> stupid choices, but I mean, this is the Texans. Who I cares, mean, right? the Texans first two picks were pretty good, but um, well, so what did they pay for that? That's that's true. That's true. So. But we're going to go – so that's from an Alabama fan's perspective with Bryce Young going number one overall. Now we're going to go to a Carolina Panthers fan's perspective. So I think they made a better choice on getting Bryce and uh, going after uh, C.J. Stroud. To be honest with you, just the way their offense is set up, I think he's going to fit a little bit more in their scheme as opposed to what C.J. is. Because C.J. is a little bit more of a pocket passer style quarterback, which mm-hmm. – if you know me, you know I, I love the pocket passer quarterbacks. Like I think that's how the NFL always should be. But the way that that offensive scheme is set up, I think them having just a little bit of a more mobile quarterback, and I like Bryce Young's style. I think he brings kind of like a a Russell Wilson esque Drew Brees type. Like he's like a good mixture of both, where he has that running option, plus he's got the arm strength to be able to make those throws on the sidelines. I think he's going to fit very well with that with that scheme. So I think it was a better option going with them opposed to CJ or Anthony Richardson. I was about to ask, what do you guys think about Bryce Young over CJ or over Anthony Richardson? Do you think that was a big change in the way Carolina went about it? I don't think so. Anthony Richardson, I mean, he's a nice guy. He seems like a real nice guy. He's a really he's a really good player, but he's also more of a raw talent. Mm-hmm. Whereas every single year when like even before Bryce won his Heisman, Bryce was calm, collective in every single game he played. He didn't care if he was down or up by 20. He's still going to play the way he 
is taught to play by Nick Saban. You know, Nick Saban cracking the whip, saying, "All right, boys, how we're gonna play football? You cannot deviate from the path." And he would salute, and that's how Nick Saban runs the boat. I mean, Richardson, I think he'll be good for the Colts, but he's also more of a development. Whereas Bryce Young, if you don't let him get killed, he'll be a good quarterback for you for a long time. See, I thought yeah, Richardson. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But yeah, I no, thought Anthony fine. Richardson was a better pick for the Texans than C.J. Stroud. I would have liked to have seen C.J. Stroud go to the Colts and Anthony Richardson to the Texans because that would have given See, some game time right then and there. I'll disagree with that. I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. Um, and this is the reason why. C.J. Stroud is much more of a developed passer than all three guys. If you look oh. at him from a from there a fun, from fundamental standpoint, like oh, yeah. C.J. Stroud is much more of a developed passer. And yep. in the NFL, you need to be a developed passer to become a winning quarterback. That's just that's the way it's always been. That's the way it's always going to be. So him yep. going to Houston, now they've got somebody that they can really build around. I think. Houston was a good place for him to go. And I also think that Richardson, that was a good place for him to go as an Indy because I see him in the future. If he doesn't, he has that raw ability to become like a strong passing quarterback, but he's such an athletic threat that he may in the future become a Terrell Pryor. And, That's, and he, That's true. Yeah. And I, I see him more being a smaller version of a Cam Newton starting off coming out of college into the NFL. Mm-hmm. His play style is very similar to that, or even like a very early um, Michael Vick. But I don't know, you know, I don't know if he'll stay like that. And like you said, he could switch to become more like a Terrell Pryor. Um, but there, there's plenty of there. But like, Richardson is going to a better situation than all three, though, if you really look at that it. Is that is very true. true. Andy, true. Andy's defense is – Andy's defense – it's not better than Carolina's. Very good, though. but they are very, very good, and yeah, I and think all, and they're very young, and they've got a lot more offensive threats than Carolina or Houston does to me, and they got a better offensive line. So I think Anthony Richardson is going to the best, the best situation of all three. Yeah. So they're going to be able to put resources into developing him the way that they want him to. Yeah, and and that's also where Houston kind of took over number three, the third pick too, is they went the defensive route. So they're looking to go both improving offense and defense with having that head guy on both sides, you know, having Will Anderson from Alabama. He's a great vocal leader on the field. He's also a great pass rusher and he's a great drop back player if need be in the middle of the field. So, you know, not only did Anthony Richardson go to a good situation and Bryce Young have a very positive act in Carolina. But I think Houston kind of won that first four pick because yes, being an Ohio state fan, do I think uh, CJ Stroud should have went there? No, but I think it's a good situation overall for him um, because he gets to become a leader of that team. And so does Willie Anderson. And that can be two heads. You know, that can be great things for that team is now it's just about coaching and the GM. But one thing I do want to get into is that we do have 13 QBs going overall in six rounds. Um, I think that's either the highest ever or it's tied for this highest ever. Um, you know, overall, number one, we had Bryce Young going to Carolina. We had C.J. Stroud going to Houston. Anthony Richardson going to the Indianapolis Colts. That rounds out your top five for the three quarterbacks. Um, but then a very interesting pops up in the second round for the 33rd overall pick of Will Levis to the Tennessee Titans, who last year took a QB in the third round or fifth round. 
and um, Malik Willis from Liberty. So now they have two developing quarterbacks. They have a quarterback who was taken in the sixth round five years ago, and they have a quarterback who is not willing to teach other players. I've actually read a little bit more about the Will Evans situation and all that. Mm -hmm. I think he has a higher chance to start than the guy from Liberty does just because of what I've heard is they're not even that. They're kind of like pushing – their pick from last year kind of out-ish. I don't think he's developed the way they want him to develop. And that mm-hmm. could be a lack of, you know, Tannehill saying, screw you, I'm old, I might break my leg the next month. But you know what? I'm still the quarterback. I ain't teaching anybody. Yeah. It's a very, very, very terrible mindset. If you mean, you want to help people out, but I guess, yeah. you know, if you got a stubborn head and you plead for the Dolphins. <laughs> well, and, and it doesn't help when you don't go to a good situation coming out of the draft as a young quarterback. You know, yeah. if, I think if – Malik Willis went to like the Seattle Seahawks. You might see something a little bit different with him learning from Geno Smith, who's been on the league for a while. Um, oh, yeah. Whereas, you know, being Will Levis, being more of a pocket passer and a physical player, he kind of has that. Okay, I can show Tannehill what I what I can do. Um, but then, you know, you got Hendon Hooker who goes number 68 overall to the Lions, and then I found this very interesting with the fourth round pick of. Uh, the 127th pick, Jake Hayner from Fresno State goes to the Saints. And what I find interesting about this is both quarterbacks are starting, and now the new uh, draft pick are both Fresno State alumni. Do you guys think that has anything to play? I know. Do you think that has anything to play with it? Um, I mean, not really. I mean, if if I'm being honest with you, I mean, you you typically do have those those colleges that have like good developing quarterbacks throughout the years. Whether it's um trying trying to think of places where they all come out, like Oklahoma, for for instance, like yeah, they they all they're always putting out quarterback after quarterback after quarterback. But I mean, you don't really hear from like small schools like that outside of like North Dakota State that have like multiple quarterbacks come out like that. So I don't know if per se if it was him coming out of Fresno State that really got them to look like, hey, let's give those guys a shot. Yeah. Um, if you really like look back at his numbers and everything, he had a very good um a very good uh four year did he do four years there? I'm trying to see. I, I believe he did four years. Yeah. Well four he did he did he did five years. He was a yeah, so that technical of um the COVID year. But now who do you guys think was the winner of the quarterback draft? I know we have the whole draft, but of the quarterbacks that went and where they went, like Stetson Bennett going to the Rams, Aiden O'Connell going to the Raiders, Clayton Toon going to the Cardinals, DTR, Donna, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson going to the Browns. Um, we have Sean Clifford to the Packers, Jaron Hall to the Vikings, and Tanner McKee to round it out to the Eagles. Um, out of all the teams who drafted quarterback, 13 teams, who do you think won the quarterback draft? I got like, I don't really have like a one's kind of above the other one. I would say definitely the Panthers might have found their starting quarterback for a long time. Mm-hmm. Same with the Colts. Texans, I'm not 100% sure on just because it's a wait to see if they really want to care it, about their quarterback like they did with Deshaun. They just said, all right, go out there. You busted your leg. You're going to play next week, right? Yep, sounds good. All right, get back out there, soldier. <laughs> but I Very definitely true. think my my final one that I definitely think won, honestly, I like the Stenson Bennett pick at number 128 yep. because he's going to push good old Baker 
hopefully to play better. And if not, Stephenson Bennett, I bet you will be great just because, I mean, he led Georgia to some hell of a good season. So no one believed in him for such a long yeah. time. He just came out and said, all right, screw it. We're going to play ball like no one else can. Yeah. See, I, I actually agree with that because uh, if you really look back at it, this is the first quarterback Sean McVay has ever picked. Yes. He's never he's never picked a quarterback yeah. until now. Because he and had he free agency some, to get them all. That's what I'm saying. So now he's picking up a kid. Well, a kid, I mean, he's much 20. older than what. <laughs> he's like, already 25, 26 years old. But I say he's a lot older than what you would typically get out of the draft. But let's go, Grandpa. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, he uh, he's got he came from a winning pedigree. Like he's been known to win. Uh, he's went through a lot of adversity to get to where he's at. He's very structured, fundamental yeah. wise as a quarterback. If you look at his fundamentals and everything, he he plays the game well. Uh, the only reason I think that he dropped down is because there was a lot of issues with character wise. Um, that's that's what a lot of guys on ESPN were talking about. His character and everything wasn't full full fledged together, which is kind of weird coming from an older guy. Yeah. But th- that's something that could be easily fixed once you get up to the league and get around professionals. Yeah. So I think I do agree with uh, Stetson Bennett going to LA. I think that's a very good situation, along with uh, Stafford getting a lot older. I mean, he's coming to the closest to the end of his career right yeah. now. Um, yeah. So he'd be he'd be coming in fighting for number two, like yeah. straight out. Yeah. So I think he got put in a very good situation. I think I agree with you. Carolina finally got their starting quarterback that we've been looking for for years. But uh, it's the good Cam Prime Cam Newton, right? Yeah. But I think Richardson really has gone to a very very good situation. Mm-hmm. I think they they're going to do a good job in India trying to put him together. I mean, they already got the running game. They got a couple of threats on the outside. They just got to beef up that offensive line and take care of their defensive line and get a few guys on the secondary. And I think that can be a really good team to compete with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I, th- I agree with both y'all. The Rams did have a great pick. But I also think that the Lions had a great steal in the draft. Mm-hmm. I know that they got him in the third round at the 60th overall pick of Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. I, I just love that pick going to – to the Lions. I think he could be the next, uh, I don't know, Deshaun Watson-esque player, but somebody who has a good head on his shoulders compared to Deshaun Watson that we know of as of right now. I um, see the, Ly- the Lions is something that was uh, very interesting. Right after they picked Jameer Gibbs, uh, DeAndre Swift got traded. Yes, mm-hmm. and that was sneaky. That, that was, was very sneaky. sneaky. That was question. Uh, Question for sorry, question for y'all about Hendon Hooker. Does him, you know, ending the season on an injury in college bother you? Because it bothers me because you don't know how he's going to rebound from that. Because he completely, he was on like a fire. You, like it's a typical, like, you know, example Clay Thompson before he blew out his knee, yeah. playing unrealistic, lights out. You come back, you're like, all right, he's kind of become a shell. Do you think Hooker's going to go into that point? Sure, he's young, but he had one season where he, you know, Shot the lights out, but yeah. will that continue? I don't know if you want to go first or you want me. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, I think what you said about him being young, I think that plays into his favor with it. If he, like Clay Thompson, he's in his 30s. He's towards kind of towards the end of his career, not quite yet. But, you know, you kind of play a little bit more safe when you get to the upper age and you tear your ACL. Whereas Hayden Hooker, you know, he's 21, 22 years old comes out of college with an ACL tear, he can push his body a little bit harder than like Clay Thompson or um, 
Alex Smith did when he got hurt and broke his leg with the, the commanders. Um, so I think, I think that can kind of, I think the age plays a big key in it. And I think he's going to be the type of kid just from what I've seen and what I've heard about him, that he could come back even stronger than what he went out as. Now the game he will have to adjust to because it's a different pace game. It's a different type of game going from college to the NFL. But I think it's definitely something that could work, work well for him. Yeah, him being him being young is definitely gonna. I think it's definitely gonna work into his favor. He's he's gonna get around a lot of very good, strong, mentally minded personnel going into that organization, and they're they're gonna know how to handle handle injury. And he's, I mean, he is young. He's gonna have some time to develop, but he's got the raw talent. All he's got to do is have that mental mindset to go in and say, "Hey, let's just let's listen to these guys." Let's take their advice, do what they do what they say, and I'll grow from there. But as long as he does that, he'll be just fine. Yeah, and and this is kind of going into the next one. Uh, I found this quite interesting. The Packers drafted a QB last or this past weekend, Sean Clifford from Penn State, who's a a guy who could transition well to the NFL. He's a great pocket passer, kind of like how Brett Favre and um, Aaron Rodgers are, but. They just signed an extension for Jordan Love, one year twenty one year twenty two and a half million dollar extension. So, but we've seen what Love can do. He's not very poised in the pocket. He's not very accurate. He's I think he's lost two or three games when he started, or four games when he started. I mean, what did y'all's take on that? You got this. I'm hoping that he's going to play well. You know, you typically, when someone hurts enough, you're like, oh, I want them to come back and play well. But we're just going to have to really see because, I mean, he was only thrust into playing, you know, when he played, when he did get to play, just because Rodgers either was just hurt. So he could possibly have developed more, but it's just going to be the issue of, I mean, right now, Rodgers said, which I'm still baffled about, that he actually did go and he didn't retire to the Jets. I mean, who knows what that man thinks. But when yeah. he went to the Jets, I mean, I can only imagine what went through Love's head. He goes, all right, I get to start. But, I mean, he already has, you know, he already has a few starts under his belt. He didn't play terribly well, and he got hurt pretty yep. quickly on. Yep. So, I mean, we're going to have to see what how, where his head's at. So, I mean, it's going to be a lot different now. Because, I mean, you got – sure, you got yelled at before. You're like, oh, he's young, though. He can develop. Now you're going to be like yeah. – Hey, Man. you're starting. You're the starting quarterback, and you're horrible. If that comes up, I can only imagine how that would damage him for the rest of his career. Yeah. So it's really just going to be a – we're going to see where his head's at first, probably preseason, see what and happens you, there. And you can really tell what Green Bay is trying to do. They they have Jordan Love being as young as he is. They just picked up Sean Clifford, which he's a he's a vet at Penn State. He's been there yeah. for – it feels like five, he's been there for 20 five years. years is what he's yeah. – yeah. Well, also, if you look at what they did in the draft, they picked up three wide receivers and two tight ends. Yeah. So I they mean, were, they were very they were very offensive mindset between that. They picked up another running back because um, they got that guy from Charlotte, Grant uh, Grant DeBose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they picked they picked him up. So they were very offensive mindset in this. Well, draft. their defense wasn't um, bad this past. Not so much. Their defense wasn't that bad this past season. It took them a little while to get going, but once they did, that offense needed to pick it up. Um, but no, I definitely definitely think they are a team to possibly watch out for this season, depending on how Jordan Love starts the season. Um, but now I kind of want to take the segment into something a little bit different. 
Who are your two biggest steals of the draft? Not just one. Hmm. I need two. I got one easy one. Ah, uh, from good old Buccaneers pick 48, Cody Motch. At okay. North Dakota State, he was he came in there, if I remember correctly, came in there like close to two, a little bit over two hundred pounds. Okay. He put on he didn't play much his freshman year. But at North Dakota State, they have a you can eat free as a student for as long as you want for freshman year, right? Yeah. So he gained 105 pounds. He's like 310 now-ish. He's a big boy. He's gained all the weight possible he can. And he has worked and shown every single season that he's played there that he is a hell of a good offensive lineman. I think yeah. he's going to be very big for the Bucks. He'll probably get to play really well, too. He's a funny guy. He's a funny character. He's got a, missing his two front teeth, but he is <laughs> very much put my head down. Let's play football. Let's get better. If you have that mindset at a young age, mm -hmm. you're going to go very far in the NFL. And besides him, honestly, I think the Titans might have gotten a steal with Will Levis. Because okay. we all saw him during the end of the you know first round of the draft. He was crying. Yeah. Because he wasn't picked in the first one. He was told he was going to be picked in the first round. So it's just going to be, I think he's going to be a steal if he, like, you know, has that mindset of, I'm going to play hard. I'm going to prove them all wrong. But mm -hmm. he has to go up against Tannehill, who has the mindset of, hey, I don't want to teach you anything. You will earn nothing from me. Yeah. So if he yeah. can surpass that, I think he will be one hell of a quarterback. But he's, I mean, Tannehill is a hurdle that he's going to have to jump over. Oh, yeah. Um, I know for me personally, I had, Two wide receivers as a steal of the draft for me. Uh, one was with the Seahawks with Jackson Smith and Jigma out of Ohio State at pick 20. Um, that man, he's very good. With the way that the Seahawks play with uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, adding that third wide receiver now, somebody who has good experience and played at a high level, he could be dangerous. And then the other pick is out for the Indianapolis Colts, number 79, Josh Downs out of Carolina. I think both of these two guys, because they were hurt last year, part of the season, whether it was like a um, small muscle uh, injury or, you know, a major bruise or whatever the injuries were this year, I think they are kind of a steal of the draft because both of these teams are reloading on the offensive side of the ball. And it's going to be scary next year if they can get everything right between quarterbacks being drafted there and quarterbacks resigning at those places and having all these receivers come back. Um those those two are my steal of the drafts. Oh yeah, you know, especially not get, having to pay that big first round money at the first ten picks, first fifteen picks. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna go a little bit different. I've got I've got one in a draft and one as a uh, undrafted free. You're gonna agent. say Keenan Mitchell out of ECU? No, I'm not actually. Oh wow! Uh, you <laughs> you might be a little bit surprised. Yeah, um, I've got something else about uh, ECU player that I do want to talk about for a minute. But my first one, um. Yeah, I'll, I'm talking about the Green Bay picking uh, Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State. Mm -hmm. um, they really that they, they've been really looking for a tight end, and I think this guy's going to be very good. He had a very high score in his uh, combine, his uh, pro day too. Mm -hmm. um, Athleticism, he's off the charts good. Um, not very fast, but a big dude sitting at about six five two two fifty four coming in. I mean, he's probably going to bump him up to about two seventy or so. Um, able to get up, go catch the ball, good in the red zone. Like he's going to be a very good threat, uh, yeah. going forward. I think he's going to get playtime very quickly. And my other pick is Demario Douglas going to the New England Patriots out of right out after of, the uh, draft. Yeah, That's right, true. right out of Liberty. 
I mean, that man, I've watched him for yep. three years now. That dude is the dirtiest player I've seen come out of there. I mean, more than Malik Willis was. Malik Willis brought the hype, you know, yeah. getting the attention yeah. there, but DeMario mm-hmm. Douglas was the reason why they stayed. And see, Bill Belichick knows how to use players like that. Those wide receivers yeah. do very well in his schemes. They'll put him in a slot immediately, and he'll well, he'll start getting touches. And, and the scary thing is he also can play running back really well, too. Right. You know, that that's a scary thing. Um, and I think those small, those mid-major schools who can get players like that and send them out to the draft, it helps them maybe make it to the Power Six, maybe even a Power Five conference one day. Um, well, see, Liberty's starting to put out a lot of wide receivers now because there's multiple that signed right after the draft. Yep. Yep. And same with ECU. ECU had three or four players right after the draft signed. Keon Mitchell, Holton Ehlers, and uh, – Noah that? Henderson, Noah CJ, Henderson. And, and CJ Johnson both went yep. to Seattle. Yep. So, Let's I mean, see, I wanted, I wanted to talk about one thing real quick with yeah. that. Um, how do you feel about uh, Isaiah Winstead not getting a nod so far? Eh. I, I mean, you you look you look at his numbers, and mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's got a little bit different because I mean, Sports Center put something about him today, and people were roasting him because they just put up his uh, practice tape. But he uh, last season he caught eighty eight balls for eleven hundred yards in a very high powered American Conference. Yeah. I mean, the American Conference this, this past year, the defenses were actually very very solid. Yeah, and he I, led he led that team, and he he led the team in catches and yards. Over C.J. Johnson, I got picked up, which he was looking to get drafted later on, and he fell off. But Isaiah Winston, I mean, he he had he has an argument for being yeah, picked yeah. up. It's, it's just yeah. nobody has done it yet. I think the hard thing is, okay, who's coming, who's staying, who's going, and all that kind of stuff out of free agency right after the draft, right? I, I think he'll end up getting picked up, but I don't think it's going to be by teams that you think are going to need a wide receiver. Um, I think he'll probably end up going to like a Miami or to like a Tampa Bay, maybe even a Jacksonville, because um, Jacksonville does like like ECU receivers a lot. And I could even see him possibly going to uh, New England at some point, um, whether it's a practice squad team member or an actual being on the roster team member. Um, but I, I see him, if he goes anywhere, it's going to be somewhere that's not where people are expecting him to go. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, um, so well, definitely get picked up. It's just going to depend about uh, what what he tries out for the team and if he tries out well. That's true. I think more of a he's not like he wasn't like a super flash receiver. So I mean, even though he's in a he's in a pretty, I mean, he's in a good conference. Just the issue is, it's not an ACC SEC conference or like you know that's TV the issue. Every weekend. The, yeah, every weekend you're scrutinized up, down, left, and right. But Zay Jones was the same way. Zay Jones was not a flashy player coming out. But he of also set the NCAA record for most receptions. Yeah, well, that's because Zay, Zay was here for five years. Yeah, but if still, that, Isaiah was here for five years. Map. He would have had, he would have running for it. Yeah, but he he also oh, and I get that and he put that on map. So I mean that that's the other thing is like when you get your record name, you get your name in the record books. That's going to help you get your. Uh, your fight to get into the NFL or the NBA or MLB even stronger than if you did. Yeah, he also got he got snubbed out for the Blitnikov too, which yeah. We're not so I mean, like that. that that doesn't help either. But um, all right. So I kind of want to close a little bit. We can we can keep going, but this is kind of what I wanted to ask too. Who are your draft 
winners and your draft losers of the 2023 NFL draft? Honestly, the Texans, in my opinion, are going to be losers. Sure, they got Trout and Anderson. That's very good. But they literally said, hey, we don't give a shite about the kitchen sink. And they just threw it. They threw every pick they had and even some in the future just to get Will Anderson at this moment. Sure, it might end up proving me wrong. It might be good. But there's just you threw away so much potential. Just so, so much potential. I mean, then another loser I think is going to probably be. Uh, it's kind of hard to pick. I'm, I don't know. I'm going more towards the Bucks. Yeah. Because they, I mean, the first round, sure, they got a good defensive player, but the issue is they really don't have a solution after Tom left as quarterback, and they really didn't pick anybody up as a quarterback. They just have Baker Mayfield. That's about it. Yeah. Um, how about you? What are your winners? Or who are your winners now? My winners, um, Winners, honestly, everybody had a really good round. I mean, everybody had a really good first round. No questions about it. But the one that really stood out to me was the Eagles. The Eagles got what they wanted. Better defense. A lot better defense. That's kind of what lost them the game in the Super Bowl. And they not just, only that, I mean, they like, lost a lot of free agency, a lot of defensive players to free agency. So it's kind of like yeah, rebuilding that. They basically reloaded and they're ready to go. Yeah, They are a lot more ready than a lot of other teams. And the other winner, I'm going to have to stick with the Panthers. They got their quarterback, and they got a lot of good things to put around them. Wide receivers, guard, linebacker. They just got – they kind of just picked – they made sure what they had. They wanted a quarterback, and they got a wire, another wide receiver to help them. They got more another offensive lineman, which is big. I know a lot of teams are like, oh, we don't want to draft offensive lineman. We'd rather just pick one up. Spare the draft one because you know what you're getting and kind of just work him up. Make yeah. him a hell of a player, and then he'll stay with you for a long time. Yeah, I, there's only one team I would add to your winners list, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. I think they had some great picks this draft, whether it's wide receiver or offensive line, and even on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they picked up some pretty decent players that can help them get from uh, being a first-round exit team in the playoffs to being a team that can go make a little bit of a run right now. You know, they might need one more season to be able to get to the Super Bowl again. Um, but then my losers were the Cowboys, Jags, and Commanders because what did what was anything memorable that they picked up in the draft? Nothing. I mean, there's nobody that yeah, you really could say, "Hey, did they, this is who they picked. This is who they got." I mean, everybody was everybody to me. Almost everybody else won except for them, and even the like. As much as I hate to say it, the Dolphins, they didn't live in the draft this year. They lived in free agency. I mean, they picked up some pretty yep. decent wide receivers and defensive players. And they got to keep a few that were supposed to leave. So, I mean, teams, some teams did that, but then you got the Cowboys who did nothing. You got the ja- the Jags who really didn't do either one, and you got the Commanders who didn't even go free agency or into the draft. Yeah. You know? They, See, that, that's, that's, who, uh, that's where I was going to go because my, my loser in this was Miami. They, they didn't even attempt to even try to get any type of talent. Uh, they picked up that corner from South Carolina in the second round, but after that, they just basically got filler spots for the rest of the time. They only had four picks. And you got to remember that first round pick they had was DQ'd because they had a issue with trying to get Tom Brady to come play in Miami. Right. Like, tampering, so, yeah. tampering issue. Sorry, tampering issue. They had right. Tampering issue. So they lose a pick too. So they went down from five to four, four to three. And I mean, at that point, it was kind of like. They decided, okay, we're going after Braxton Berrios. Shout out to a Raleigh, Raleigh native. Um, you know, 
you went to I'm trying to think what the some of the other guys that they picked up and it's just not coming to me. Anyways, I mean they had a living free agency because they were already screwed from that tampering issue. Um, right. So like Miami, that that they just they blew blew the whole entire yeah. table to me. That that just it wasn't good. But Seattle yeah. was my winner actually in this. Yeah, Seattle had very they had a very good draft. They with their two first round picks going after yeah. the corner and then going for that wide receiver out of Ohio yep. State. That's two fantastic picks. Yeah, gonna be good for them in the next couple of years. They shirt up another part of their linebacking core with the uh, Derek Hall out of Auburn. Yeah. And they went and got another running back to go behind um old boy that they got there that's just tearing up the league right now. Yeah. Um so I mean they, they picked it up and out after that they got two more two more pieces for that offensive line. Like they're they had a very, very good draft in me, and I think that's gonna be my winner. Yeah. Now who'd your loser be? Besides Miami, would you say another team in there that would be a loser besides Miami? Um, I mean I'm not 100%. The Jets could have done a little bit better than what yeah. they did. They didn't have a very good draft. Uh, Welcome back to the athletes' table. This is your boy, the Lebanese Stallion, with my co-host Dylan and our guest speaker today, Aaron Cooper. And we are getting back with it on the NFL Draft 2023. As we were saying, was there any other losers besides the Dolphins that Dylan had? Because the Dolphins... They lost on certain things, won in other things, but was there any other draft day losses that you had? Um, I would definitely say Jacksonville. Jack, they they had 13 picks. 13, <laughs> and they came up with nobody. 13 picks. <laughs> and they uh like I don't I don't understand what they were trying to do here. Absolutely. Uh they, they had in the second the third and fourth round, they picked up the running back out of Auburn, and then they picked up that linebacker, Ventro Miller, out of Florida, well, yeah. which I know uh, Florida's your school. But, I mean, they they could have done a lot better here. Yeah. And they have a lot of guys they picked up that they're just going to – they're going to toss. They're not even going to sign them. So, so now I, I, I don't even, Oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. No, I, I was just saying, I don't really understand why – why would you want that many picks going into the later rounds – Knowing that you could possibly get some type of value out of them, yeah, yeah, you could even should do have been you... trading. Trading could have exactly. saved them so much value. I mean, they basically, if you look at it more, it just like they wanted to rebuild their entire damn team. They literally have almost one of everything besides a kicker and punter. <laughs> they literally like, you know what? What do we want, guys? All right, let's just spin the wheel and fucking running back. Let's pick it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's literally it. Like, just imagine a big wheel and says running back, wide receiver, quarterback. We don't want a quarterback. Cross that one out. All right, put put linebacker there. All right, sounds good. Ah, that one. All right, what's his name? Yep. Look. Yeah, he'll be great. Don't know what the <laughs> hell he's good at. Just sign him up. Let's go. So now I want to change it from the NFL's perspective on the draft. I want to go to the college perspective. So we had. I think it was about 10 colleges who really did well in the draft sending players. You know, you have Georgia and Alabama who had both 10 players each and go in the draft at any round. Mm -hmm. Then you had four schools like Ohio state, um, Florida, Auburn, Florida, and schools like that, that had eight players. And then you had schools that were like Notre Dame, UNC, USC, who had about six players go in the draft out of all the schools that were in those top ranges. What school impressed you the most with getting that many draft picks into the draft this past year? Oh, 
honestly, I mean, Alabama is always going to be the same thing they do every single year. Yeah. I mean, kind of the biggest one for me, I would say. It, it's kind of hard to pick. There's like a lot of them that have like, oh, I would say Clemson, honestly. That's exactly Clemson, where I was going to go. Clemson had a very forgetful year. Very forgetful yeah, year. Out of nowhere. I mean, Clemson had some decent guys leave. I mean, yeah. obviously, what Dabo does every single year, you know, it's just going to rebuild every oh. single year. That's all he loves to do. But, I mean, they did lose a lot of good people, but, I mean, we're just going to have to see. Yeah. Clemson, though, definitely, it's you thought, ah, oh, you know, like, what did they even end up as? They didn't even end up as they a high even, rank. No, they weren't even rank. in the top 25 at the end of the season. Exactly. They really didn't do anything. And it's after, you know, the recent years where it's like Dabo produces talent after talent after no. talent. They're in the top, like, 20 every year-ish. They kind yeah. of just fell off a cliff, and all of a sudden now, you know, like there's some guys leaving. You're like, you look more, and you're like, holy hell, he was not that bad. It yeah. just keeps going up and up and up. So mm-hmm. you, that's the biggest yeah. one for me. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that being Clemson for sure. I mean, for me, it was Notre Dame. I mean, they didn't really have a spectacular season either, but yet they still had about six, seven people go in the draft. I they mean, did. Who who would have suspected Notre Dame to have people like that this year? You know, with them playing mediocre. Um, but you know, one one cool thing is we're gonna have soon within the next couple of weeks we're gonna have a Clemson football player on the show, so we'll get some really good inside scoops and inside stories on what it's like playing for Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited very, for that. Very excited for that. And actually, Aaron, I was gonna ask you if you would like to be on that show with us because you and Dylan both played football through high school. You guys will be able to ask some questions that maybe I won't think of, or you might be able to give them another perspective on way to look at something. So if you'd like to do that, I'll keep you in touch with that episode when we are going to film that one. Sounds Gucci to me. Sweet. Um, but going on from there, any other things you guys want to take away from the draft? I mean, it was yeah. all around. It was a pretty good draft. There's definitely you have head scratchers. Like <laughs> when I first heard and saw Texan straight up for number three, I was like, but, but why? I was like, oh, I pick water. So I'm like, okay, but w- what else are we gonna pick? Uh, and, and all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. see, I, I was the same way. This, this draft, it wasn't so much the players being picked; it was the moves that were made. Because even before the draft, with Carolina moving up from eight to one, and uh, you had so many movers during a draft on trying to get certain guys. I just. I didn't that that was a lot of head scratchers for me on that point. Um, it wasn't so much the the personnel that was being picked. It was just all the different. We're going back to Jimmy Johnson days, where we're making <laughs> we're making trade after trade. But it was exciting from that point because you really like sometimes you could kind of guess on uh, what's happening. But this year, like there was just no predictions at all yeah. from the from the get go going on so it was exciting from that point yeah absolutely um so now after we've seen the draft and seen a lot of free agency pick up you know with like baltimore re-signing lamar jackson and the jets getting aaron Rodgers and jordan love getting his year extension um out of everything so far who do you who are your two teams now that we we've already done this question about a month ago but after we've seen the free agency happen and after the draft has happened, who do you see your two teams in the Super Bowl this year? Honestly, 
I picked I remember I picked the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Yep. And honestly, I think it's gonna be Kansas City again, but I think definitely a lot of teams have made some very good pushes. I'm still not hundred percent sold on Baltimore. Cause I mean, sure they have a good team. They got Odell, which uh eh, mixed feelings about that. He's old, his ankles are frail, his knees are frail. Yeah. He's gonna probably hurt himself again. I mean, he won a Super Bowl. I'm happy for him, but I mean he's just uh I mean, Lamar's contract, maybe he'll play up to it. Yeah. But again, Lamar's I mean, he's he's the great quarterback. He's a great, you know, run pass option quarterback as well. But just the problem is it's just there is so much potential for him to hurt himself in their scheme. With their scheme is built around him though. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Ravens are very kind of on the border if they'll be super good or super bad. And honestly, I have a I have hoping that the Chargers proved me wrong. I think the Chargers are going to be terrible this year, like they've been every other year. But, I mean, after last year where they did not do well, they might have a rebound and be like, all right, our team can finally come together and we'll play well. But Yeah. yeah. So you have Eagles Chiefs, I take it. Yep, I have them going at it again. And I think finally Jalen Hurts will get his Super Bowl. Because, I mean, he got he got paid. And he's going to play like he got paid. Because Jalen Hurts is a guy that says, all right, I lose one year, screw it. I can win again. That's just the type of guy he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dylan, so, how about you? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns here because I think originally I said that it was gonna be San Fran versus uh, Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna stick to that. Um, that Buffalo Kansas City game at any year, if it's it's either gonna be between Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincy, that's gonna have the best chance of being able to get in. Yep. Um. I think Kansas City's still gonna fall on top of that. Fortunately, I I have to go with it because I don't I don't want them to, but that's that's the uh cards I've been dealt with here. But yeah. I still think San Francisco is gonna have the best chance over Philly. Um overall with the with their their scheme and everything. I think they're built to win. Um so is Philly, but I just I just think San Fran's got the best shot here. But there is one thing I'm gonna change, and I'm actually surprised I'm gonna do this, but I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and do it. I think Carolina is going to win the NFC South. I think now with Bryce Young coming into play, I think him being under Frank Wright, which is a quarterback-minded coach, and they've got a team set up for him. As long as that defense holds ground like they've been doing, I think they're going to hold out New Orleans for that top spot in the NFC South and get into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it might it might happen because, you know, a lot of these teams are taking a step backwards, except for them and the Saints. I think the Saints have upgraded – I think mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers have upgraded. So I think it's going to come down to – I don't want to say who wins it yet because I don't know the final rosters going into the season, but I definitely think it's going to come down to Carolina and the Saints in the uh, NFC South. But I'm kind of kind of going with what I said before. I think the Eagles are going to make it through, and I think – I'm going to surprise you all a little bit. I don't think the Chiefs make it through. I think it's going to become either Cincy or the Bills. Um. I think there's a lot of stuff going on with the Bills behind the scenes. I think Cincy, after, especially after last year and the way they ended their season, I, there's some stuff going behind closed doors there too. I just they definitely we're feeling they've definitely got a chip on their shoulder this year. But both of these two teams do, you know, and and the way that they exited the playoffs, that's what's kind of making me think, okay, it's going to be one of those two teams' season this year, especially with the Bills. You know, they have that make it or break it. You know, if this. If we don't make the Super Bowl this year, it's going to be like, all right, what's going to happen to Stephon Diggs? What's going to happen to um, 
uh, Hines from NC State, what's going to happen to Josh Allen, you know, it's going to be that make it or break it year for them at this point. You know, they might have to get rid of some pieces and get new pieces and stuff like that. But oh yeah, I'm Eagles and and I'm not, I can't make up my mind yet, but it's either going to be Cincinnati or or Buffalo. It's going to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. But that's that's where I'm at. Um, it's only it's going to come down to injury. I think I think yeah. whoever's yeah. the most healthy by the end of the year is the one that's going to make it that far. Absolutely, what, every year. Going off the injury, what do you make of just? I just thought about it right now. What do you make of Cincinnati not picking up a single offensive lineman in the draft, where Joe Burrow is getting sacked for record numbers every year? That surprised me. I was, yeah. I honestly thought their free agency. That's what they would have done, and then he attacked that in the free agency. So I'm kind of surprised that they didn't get anything in the draft or attempt to get anything in the draft. Yeah, I don't really understand that concept. Yeah. I mean, you you know your quarterback, which is he's your franchise quarterback. He's not going anywhere for a while. Arguably one of the best in the NFL. So, so why are you allowing him to just get absolutely plummeled every single game? Yeah. Why why is that an option? Like, and is it because like they didn't? I know they had chances to get offensive linemen in no. this draft, but maybe they didn't see anything that they really liked or like that fit their scheme. Yeah. yeah. Well, so they, they are they planning on trying to get something during? The thing about this draft is they had a lot of all, a lot of chances to get uh, guards and even tackles who could pull really well. This draft to me had more guards in it that mm-hmm. could pull at an excellent rate. You know, guys out of Wisconsin, guys out of um, uh, Cincinnati, guys out of you know different places in the SEC, and even in the Big Twelve who know how to pull. And to attack because that's what a lot of the NFL scheme is is a pulling guard to be able to get a running back or get a tight end or get a sweep going, right? So, uh, I think they missed a few opportunities. And if they went, if they wanted a pulling guard, I think this was the draft to get somebody. And the the thing is with this draft too is there was a lot of guards and there was a lot of guards and centers in particular yeah. that went between the second and the fifth round. Where opposed, usually most of them go out the first or second round. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this so year was kind of surprising time. on that point too. And, and they had time, like teams, if they wanted somebody, they had time to get them. Since not many people picked them in the first round. So right. But anything else you guys like to add? No, that's about it. I mean, we talked about several points that I was very confused about, especially with Cincinnati. But I mean, <laughs> anything's possible. Anything's very possible true. in the NFL. Very true. We still got a lot. We, we still got a while until uh, preseason starts, so there's yeah. gonna be a lot that can happen still going well, into it. I, I definitely plan on having Aaron back for the preseason, like right after we have preseason games, and that week going into the reg- first week of the regular season, having a look at what to expect for the season type of episode. Um, but other than that, thank you for joining us today, Aaron. And with that, yep. this is the Athletes Table. This has been a Beyond Sports Media production. You can find us at Apple Music, YouTube, or any of your favorite podcasts and platforms.